RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Well, welcome everybody. Closing the distance here. I'm Jeff Myers, one of the pastors at Roswell Presbyterian Church, and welcoming Lindsay Slocum, also one of the pastors at RPC. Lindsay, thanks for taking time to be here with us today to talk about yesterday's sermon. Well, I'm definitely, um, I'm always glad to be here, always glad to spend time with you. I definitely prefer to be on the other side of this conversation where I'm the one that gets to ask the questions and you have to answer them. But I do feel like this is a topic that struck a chord with a lot of people. So I do think it's an important conversation. I just prefer to be the one trying to stump you. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And I, know, I know you do like doing that. And I won't ask you any questions that I wouldn't be willing to answer myself. So uh, how about that? That's part of the, the golden rule of interviewing here. I see, so, I see. so if you had to summarize your sermon yesterday, what was the point? What was the message, the takeaway you wanted people um, to get? Okay, well, we were reading the passage from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And um, the main kind of pieces of that that I really wanted to bring out was had to do really with the kingdom of God, that this, what's happening in the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus is really describing to us what we're intended for and not necessarily like a guidebook on how to deal with where we are, but we're really living into a new, this, this kingdom that we've been intended for and, and that it works differently than the world that we live in. And, um, and so I really kind of wanted to kind of wrestle with that. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that we're in a place where we, we live in a world where we have enemies and enemies are kind of defined for us. But that's, you know, Jesus intends for us to have these radical relationships with people. And that includes when someone you don't really like that there's, we still have a different kind of relationship with that person in the kingdom of God. So I wanted to kind of, kind of wrestle with that concept just a little bit. Well, and I think you did a great job and you're right. It did spark a lot of conversation, I think, from folks and feedback that we've gotten, um, and I think that's always when you're, when you generate that kind of um, conversation and enthusiasm about um, and energy around the topic, I think that's just insight. It shows a lot of insight on the sermons part, but it also shows you really struck a chord that people are interested in. And I think one of the things that um, it really struck is we all have enemies and whether we call them enemies or not, mm -hmm. we have people that are hard for us to love. Yeah. And I was wondering, you know, you used a couple examples. You used the lieutenant colonel in Iraq. You used um, Nadia Bowles Weber, 
uh, Adam, uh, the shooter at Ganza. But I'm wondering for you, have you ever, I mean, you seem like such a nice person. I think, um, you know, oh, Lindsay's so kind. She's so gracious. Have you ever struggled to love anybody? <laughs> I think if we ask my husband or my children, they might describe me differently than you just described me to. Um, yeah, okay. So, so a couple of things on that, that it, yes, of course, of course I've struggled. And I, and I think you're right. This idea of loving your enemy and enemies just in general and people that we are just plain old not into. Um, there were three people in my office last week because they're really struggling with different issues around um, loving someone that, that's really hard to love, essentially. Um, whether it's something going on kind of in our culture right now or in, in, in our government or whatever or something more personal. And so every time I had these conversations, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been thinking about all week anyway, doing all of this sermon prep. And I, and I think, yeah, like I said yesterday in the sermon, just the, some of the political uh, stuff feels so extreme right now. And, and so, yeah, I think that there's so many people that just it really struck a chord with because it's who is my enemy and thinking about who they're really struggling to love. I, yes, I definitely am. I'm constantly like, like all of us, right. That there's always somebody in our lives that's going to be hard to love. And my youth director, when I was in high school, there was another girl in the, my youth group that um, we're just different personalities. We're different personalities. We approach friendships differently. And um, I think the term, I would use for us these days as frenemies, right? That we, there were times when we were really good friends and times we were really not. And, um, and I remember meeting with my youth director one time and I said, I'm just struggling so much and she just gets under my skin. And, um, and she said, this is how God teaches you how to love. And said so you're always, she said the rest of your life, there's always going to be someone in your life. That's going to be really difficult to love. And so if you can kind of think of that as a gift from God, that God's teaching you how to love and be more gracious and humble, but it's hard work. And that's part of the point I tried to keep making yesterday too, is it's, I, I want to be careful. I didn't want it to come across as like a, a trite platitude or whatever, but it's, it's, this is really hard work and to be really faithful, we got to, it's just not going to be easy. And so, you know, even a, a this pastor was struggling with this idea of loving enemies. I don't know if that answers your question so much, but the bottom line is, yes, there's always somebody in my life that I feel like I'm always like, oh, this is the person that my youth director told me was always going to be in my life so I can learn how to love the way God wants me to love because it's, it's just hard to do. Mm -hmm. What, um, what, what, do you think, okay, I don't want to be too leading here. Um, I always hate when, you know, like when people ask a question that like they already have the answer to. So, um, uh, but I, I think, what are the benefits of forgiving our enemies or loving our enemies? Okay, I, um, I guess I'm going to ask you for a few more words because I am, I'm not sure, I need to think about it, but I'm not sure that forgiving our enemies and loving our enemies are the same. But maybe they are. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I, uh, uh, okay, but the benefit of loving our enemy, let me just think about that for a second. I, 
I think on one hand, it is certainly transformational for ourselves, right? Like I was talking about like the girl in high school that I really struggled with. I think that there, part of it was transformational to me because I do think there were parts that I, that I learned to love better, or I learned more about being gracious or, or, um, or even just kind of understanding her presence in my life as a gift from God, instead of like this nemesis that I needed to fight all of the time, like even kind of shifting my perspective on that. I think that there were all things that were beneficial to me. Um, but I don't, but I want to be careful because I don't think that that's necessarily what Jesus was getting at when he asked us to love our enemies. I don't think he was trying to say, this is going to be good for you, but I think it's good for the kingdom when we learn how to treat people with dignity and respect. And I think that that's, um, that we're moving forward. There were so many things, sorry. There were so many things I ended up cutting out of the sermon because there's just so many amazing things about this, but there's this quote from, um, a woman who was the prime minister of India. And she says, you can't, uh, you can't shake hands with a clenched fist. And so just this kind of concept that if we can even just begin to move toward this idea of loving the people that are hard to love, then that can open up a dialogue. It can open up a conversation. And now we can actually start connecting somehow, even if we're not going to agree, we can at least like have some sort of a conversation where we can say, well, this is how I, I'm understanding this. Wait, this is how I'm understanding this. Um, but if we continue to kind of hold on to that anger or hate or enemy status, then it, it's very difficult to even take a step towards transformation, certainly for in your own life, but in that other person's life, in relationships, in the world, in the kingdom. Um, yeah. Does that speak mm -hmm. to what you're... Yeah. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Yeah. What... And we got a couple of questions that were emailed in. Okay, so at the beginning of your sermon, you kind of like, you made a great qualifying statement. I don't know if people noticed, but you said, uh, you know, if you're in an oppressive situation, this is not justifying oppression or injustice, okay? And you kind of you bracketed that out and moved forward. Okay? Mm -hmm. But I want to kind of take that bracket and I want to open it up and say, because I think for a lot of us, we have enemies. Uh, so I had, I had a group of girls when I was in high school. They were my enemies. They hated me. I hated them. You know, and I knew, and the, I had a, I remember I got called in the principal's office, blah, blah, blah. He said, Jeff, you got to forgive. Or wherever you go, you're going to take that with, with that hate, that animosity with you. And it's going to corrupt you from the end. It's going to ruin you. Right? Mm -hmm. So you got to learn to forgive. And I was like, and I knew it was right. I had to learn to forgive. I had to learn grace, you know, okay. But what about folks? So we have those folks on, on that's on we'll set of relationships on one end of the spectrum. Sure. But what about on the other end of the spectrum about people that have been abused, let's say emotionally or physically, people that, um, let, you know, let's say uh, slaves and masters. Um, people, you know, who've been lied about, you know, or these kinds of situations of exploitation, how, how does forgiveness and love of enemy fit in, in those sets of circumstances, do you think? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, definitely, definitely something I was trying to sidestep in the sermon. So I'm so glad you're going to bring that back around so that we can 
talk about it, but I think it's a really important question. And, and I am part of the reason that's why I did kind of put that little preface in there before we got too far in the sermon, because I know that there's people that are, that are sitting in the congregation that have very much had um, experiences that's not just, we don't get along, but like literally experiences of being oppressed or abused somehow. And that's part of why I wanted to be really clear about, you know, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus is very clear about, um, to, about standing up to oppression, that, um, that what's happening is not okay, that is not what we're intended for, that's not what the kingdom of God looks like. Um, a matter of fact, that this, the kingdom of God's going to belong to these people who have been suffering. So when we think about that world getting turned right back, right side up, um, that these vulnerable people who have had power taken from them and authority taken from them their whole lives of the, in this upside down world, when we get to the kingdom of God, then those are going to be the people that are going to, they're going to get to own, they, they're going to get to have a say and, um, and what they have to say is going to be really important. Um, so I think it's really, I think biblically, when we look at it, I think it's really important just to be super, super clear that there's at no point in time is Jesus asking us to bow down to those who have, who are creating oppression or abusive situations. And, um, and, and I think also biblically, we can see that there's lots of times that there righteous anger is a totally appropriate thing. Um, and standing up and saying something and doing something, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think scripture is very, very clear about that all the way from the beginning. And that's part of, right, why the, the Old Testament, this, this, the narrative arc that we see all through the Old Testament of, um, of God, you know, the Israelites were constantly finding themselves in, in places where they're being oppressed and God's constantly like raising someone up to say something, to do something, because this isn't okay. And, um, and God liberating those people who have, been oppressed this that's kind of the narrative arc that we see all through scripture it's it's critical to our faith um and so and in the other thing i would say in a really kind of practical cultural way too is one of the phrases that i use a lot is that when people show you who you are who they are then you believe them and so when these people that are in your lives when they're when they show you that these are going to be people who are abusive um understanding that that's continuing to engage in a relationship with them that doesn't have good healthy boundaries it's going to continue to lead to uh, unhealthiness and toxicity and that's again not what we've been intended for and not what god is calling us to so and i think kind of back to your question i think that's why i'm struggling with kind of all that being said i think that's why i'm struggling with when you asked about uh forgiving enemies and loving enemies and i think that's part of why I'm struggling um, if with if that's the same thing, forgiving the enemies and loving the enemies, even though I, I know scripture wants us to forgive people too, but I think I think holding really thoughtful, faithful boundaries is just really, really important. Um, but it is mm, I don't know. I want to think more about what words I want to put around this because I do think, we got to be really thoughtful about how we're doing this. And, and at the same time, right, that when we're looking at the passage that we looked at yesterday, you know, Jesus didn't tell us just to not hate our enemies or just to like, in a very passive way, just don't engage with them in the more anymore. Like, but we're still, Jesus was still kind of calling some sort of, some level of engagement to us, whether it's actively loving them, or even if it's just praying for them. 
not just praying, but praying for them, but some sort of active. So I think that that's kind of the big question is figuring out what does it look like to actively participate in living into that kingdom without putting yourself in harm's way, whether that's physical harm's way or even a state of emotional harm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So another way to maybe get at some of this is how, what do you think the, how would you define love here? Or what are the demands of love? What does love require when we think about enemy love? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, as you know, the in Greek, there's all these different words for love. And so <laughs> the first thing I did when I read that passage was look to see if I could kind of qualify what kind of love it was. Um, because, you know, maybe it's just like brotherly love, friendly love. And, and it was just like, be nice to your enemy or whatever. But I mean, the word that they're using there is agape and that kind of unconditional love that God knows towards that we get to know from God that God has towards us. And so I think that's part of the reason I was using those, the examples that I referenced from those books, because I was trying to think of a really tangible way to kind of explain what that would look like, what that kind of love looks like. I, I think that there's something active about it, but also remember that part of the reason I read that longer quote from the, from the Naughty Bolts Weber book is because then she, as she's talking about how it's Christmas season and, um, and why, why did God send God's son? Why did Jesus even show up? And so she talked about people being created in the image of God and how important it was to remember that. And so part of me thinks maybe in the end, when we talk about loving our enemy, like maybe that's what we're shooting for is just being able to help ourselves understand for better or for worse, that person is still a child of God. And I, you know, I've got to understand what's a healthy way to be in relationship with that child of God, but understanding nonetheless that that person is a child of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you, you know, in, if you've been abused or oppressed by someone, sometimes loving that person is, is walking away is not being, yeah. you know, um, yes. around that person. Right. Yes. And, and I think some people forget that, that I've people that I, you know, pastorally have ministered to over the years that I've given them permission. Loving mm-hmm. sometimes is saying, no, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I'm not going to submit. I'm not, I'm not willing to stay in this situation. It's walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important um, that we have a current, we say that. Okay. Nadia Bowles Weber, that uh, also came up. She is what we might call a spicy writer. And, um, and I, you know, uh, you know, sometimes they have trigger warnings. Well, you might have a curse word warning for her writing. <laughs> Anything you want to qualify or say about her uh, and her work? Yeah. The first time I ever heard her, I was at a preaching conference uh, and I, the first time I heard her, I thought I can't even hardly listen to the content because she's definitely, there's definitely this kind of shock jock aspect to her, um, which I actually, when I first heard her, I was like, wow, I didn't know you could say those words from the pulpit. But I, I, I think that part of that is kind of her background and where she's come from, right? Uh, she, uh, has, she is a recovering addict. She, uh, she ministers and serves along people that, uh, among people that 
the, the rest of the world's kind of written off when we're talking kingdom of God, the most of the church is like, those people don't belong here. And so, you know, she comes from a, a different kind of story uh, than I do in particular. She works with a different kind of demographic. And so uh, it, it's a first, it, you definitely, I definitely was a little taken aback. And I, I will, you're right. We should definitely, if people want to look at her books, they're fantastic. She's not afraid to drop an F-bomb. So we just need to like warn everybody of that. But then gosh, when you really get down in, into the, what she's wrestling with and what she's willing to wrestle with. So, well, I would prefer maybe she uh, clean up her language a little bit. The fact of the matter is she's willing to wrestle with some of the dirty stuff the rest of us aren't. And so, you know, you kind of got to take the good with the bad, I think in the book. And she just, in all of her books, so she's, she's brilliant at what she does. And so many of her points, when you read it, you're like, oh man, that was good. And, and so, yes, you're right. There's a little bit of a, like, I mean, but a little, like, like how yeah. they used to label CDs back in the days when we had CDs. What's the more up-to-date reference? Oh, you know, when you download it, when you're streaming and it's got the little E next to the song. Yeah. Like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was because people knowing you probably are like, what is Lindsay going to start cursing from the pulpit now? <laughs> no 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 we have very different styles and very different approaches but um i i can appreciate what she's what she's bringing in her style it's it's very interesting yeah and i think um yesterday your point uh, and the story you allude to in her ministry um was really really helpful in in illuminating um to the point you were making so but i, I did you know i could just imagine some, some of our folks, they're opening up, they're like, wait, what has Lindsay been reading? I know, I know. So I definitely, well, and you know, at the, um, at the services, for, well, I guess every, at all the service, you know, her picture went up on the screen. So I, and you know, she's, she's kind of tatted up, short hair, uh, earrings, but she's got her, her collar on, her ministerial collar. So um, I think a couple people were kind of caught off guard. <laughs> they're like, yeah. wait a minute, who is it Lindsay's talking about? But right. I still, if you can kind of push through, like I said, some of the F-bombs, I, I still would totally recommend her her reading or her sermons because she just, she, like I said, she's wrestling with some really important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and we, we I think it, it, it speaks well of you that you're willing to read widely, uh, <laughs> you know, some folks that are a little um, off-brand for you. Uh, so that's, um, that's great. I was curious, let's get really practical here. Okay, you're my pastor, Lindsay. I'm coming in. I've, I got somebody that's my enemy. I hate him. Mm -hmm. Let's call him Joe. I hate Joe. What? It's destroying me inside. It's ruining my relationships. I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm almost obsessing about it. How do I start to forgive? How do I start down the path to being free from being enslaved by my hatred? What would you say to me? Well, uh, um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think the first thing is when we go back to that passage that we read yesterday, the very first thing that, that Jesus tells us to do is to pray for the person, is to pray for those who persecute you. And I, I, so I think we have to start there. And I, now what, so what kind of prayers, like what, what my <laughs> words in my mouth, what, what is, yeah. maybe, where does the, what do I, where does that prayer start? What does it sound like? What am I saying? I think, I think you have to start wherever you can. I mean, literally, 
I think that that prayer, it might be, you are so angry that that the first prayer is literally just actually uttering that person's name to God, right? Like I can't, I can't pray for God to even heal that person. I can't, I'm so angry. I can't pray for God to whatever. I really only want to pray for that person to maybe get struck by lightning or something like that. But like, but so if you were, I think with that, when you bring that kind of emotion forward, then I think, yeah, you just start with, I'm just going to say their name to God and to start there. And then you know, work your way. I, you and I were talking a little bit this morning about praying for enemies and what does that mean? And I think that there's a lot of conversation around what is, what is the good of prayer? Is it to transform myself? Is it to pray for God to transform that other person? Is it about, are we praying for the kingdom to come so that we don't even have to deal with any of this? Like, um, but I think on all of those levels, there's, like I said yesterday, there's this kind of acknowledgement of our, when, when we pray for those people that we are so angry at, I think one, it reminds us that God is involved in that relationship, both in our relationship in, uh, you know, like in, in with me, with me and God, God's involved with me and God, God's involved with me and that other person, God's involved with that other person and God. So in all the different ways, it continues to remind us that God is, is active in this and that God wants, wants us to continue thinking through, what it's going to look like to be in relationship. So I think you just start where you can. And then, you know, after a month of being able to say their name, then maybe you can say, maybe the prayer then becomes change their heart. And then maybe it becomes change my heart or whatever, but it's a journey. It, it has to be a journey. And I think God understands that it's a journey. And so we, we move along the journey as faithfully as we can knowing that it has to be with God's help. It has to be with God's guidance, has to be with God's grace and, and the humility that only God can give us. Mm -hmm. I, and I heard a pastor once say, um, you know, some of those Psalms, uh, you know, in the Psalter in the old Testament, the, mm. what are they called? The imprecatory Psalms. They're Psalms of judgment, Psalms of rebuke, of probably the famous passage of, you know, the Psalmist praying, uh, smash the baby's heads of my enemies upon the rocks and that's kind of mm -hmm. shocking if you're like how did this stand up in the bible that doesn't seem very christian or very godlike mm -hmm. but that's how we feel about some people and right. i always encourage people don't shove those emotions down don't try to bury them in your you know deep in your heart or your soul be honest about them mm -hmm. pray that psalm god has given you a psalm to pray about that you hate someone and start there and just be honest about it. But when you take it to God, you will find it over time, what you're saying is trans, it will be transformed, that those mm -hmm. emotions um, will be washed, right? And that's one of the reasons we, um, we pray in the, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to learn to forgive because God has forgiven us, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a powerful, powerful um, Thought. Okay, somebody sent in a question. In last week's talk back, Lindsay, dealing with um, dealing with loving one's enemies. Uh, oh, sorry. Lindsay said something about not being a good one to preach about loving your enemies. I'm curious why she said that. Can she please explain? <laughs> well, one, I think it's just a really it, it's it's a hard topic. It's it's just hard. I think. I, I would think it would be hard for anyone to preach about that um, because it's really, really hard. I think um, uh, I'm also, I, 
still, I'm still trying to figure out how to really love those people that irritate me. I, I oftentimes I chicken out, right. And then just, and I back way off and kind of uh, hide from relationship with that person. And so instead of moving towards like reconciliation or moving towards a healthier, even a healthy conflict with the person, I'm more likely to just kind of back off, which which ends up breaking the relationship, which is not very helpful either. Nobody benefits from that either. So um, anyway, it's like, like I hope it is for everyone. It's a constant discipline that I'm really, really, really working hard to, to figure out. And, and at the same time in the midst, there's just a tension, right? In the midst of loving our enemies um, and praying for those who persecute each other, who persecute us, that at the same time, there's this real tension of, also being to speak truth, like when we need to speak truth and say, wow, that thing you're doing, that's not okay. It's because you feel like it, if I speak this truth, it's going to irritate that person. And is it going to further this kind of enemy relationship? So I want to be really careful that I'm not telling people not to speak truth and not to speak out against injustices. Um, and so kind of navigating that whole thing is really tricky. And I don't always navigate that piece very well either. Well, I think you did a great job. I really appreciate you being faithful and doing what you can um i want i had all these questions i want to talk to you about telos about the kingdom of god but that's going to have to wait um for next time because we've come to the close of our time together Lindsay. before we go um the last question came in from a listener what uh what are you reading right now what's in your book pile <laughs> okay so i just to qualify i just got back from vacation and i really decided that for vacation i was just going to read all beach reads and so uh i don't there's not anything that's super great as substance except for i will tell you this one of the books i believe it was called meet me in the margins and dan christ our mission pastor uh it was one of his students wives who wrote the book so and it's published by tommy nelson uh so it's appropriate for all kinds of ages who want just a really lovely beach read. Uh, it was really good. But then I read this other book that is actually super related to the sermon. Um, it's definitely a lot more graphic, but it is called It Ends With Us. And I think that the, um, I think it's Colleen Hoover, I think is her name, but I saw all kinds of people on the beach reading it, but it, it it's a fascinating book and it's about a woman who found herself in a relationship that maybe wasn't so helpful um so if you're a fiction reader of any sort that was a really interesting book so anyway now that i'm back i'm switching over to a fascinating book about uh performance reviews because i'm getting ready for the end of the year when uh we'll start doing performance reviews with rpc so um yeah what's in yours are you reading anything good you read a lot of really you don't do like trashy reads on at the beach. You do good stuff. Well, I did. <laughs> I did read Blood, Sweat and Steel, the history of the making of Mad Max Fury Road, which is like an <laughs> oral history and nice. one of the most famous action movies. And I mean, it was a good book. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And then I'm, yeah, I'm reading a lot. I got a lot of things where doing right now you know i told you i've been really into um into like i want to read more like mysteries and stuff so i've been reading john le Carre, um and i just started tinker taylor soldier spy i read his first one I re oh, what was it called anyway it slipped my mind but it was really good but uh yeah hey Lindsay. oh wait oh. let me tell you one more 
I was, let me, I was looking at the author, one more book that I read on vacation and it wasn't like a beach read. It was actually like super amazing. And I would, I, I really, I actually told you about it because I want us to do a sermon series about this, but the book is called Tell Me More and the author is Kelly Corrigan. And it is not, it's not necessarily a, a Christian book. Matter of fact, she kind of talks about her struggle with faith, but she's talking about different phrases that we need to learn to say in healthy ways. And so like one of the phrases in there is, I don't know. And so she's kind of talking about learning when to say, I don't know. And um, anyway, what, you know, one chapter's on yes, one chapter's on no. Anyway, so, so, so good, especially as we're kind of thinking through what does it look like to be vulnerable with our own selves and to be more authentic with who we are and draw healthy boundaries. So good. So that one wasn't trashy. That was good. And I would definitely recommend that one. Awesome. Well, people might just got a hint at an upcoming sermon series. So. <laughs> I really think we should. I think that could be fascinating. Things we would pull out of scripture and yeah, it'd be good. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Lindsay, I'll be back uh, next Monday. I don't know if I'm in dialogue with you or someone else, but we'll be talking about next Sunday's sermon. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, uh, helping us close the distance wherever you might be. It's been really fun to talk about loving your enemies and what that might look like as we become uh, living into the the telos in the kingdom of God that yeah. uh, Jesus calls us to. So Lindsay, thanks for taking time. Thanks for your message yesterday. And uh, we'll see you soon. Great. Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.